tested. I'm teaching tonight. Amen. Good, bad, or indifferently, you're stuck with me. Amen. So, uh, to be honest, I, I kind of, I kind of struggled a little. I don't know. Struggle's not the right word. I, I wanted to make sure that I was, uh, a couple things, okay? When I stand behind that desk, this desk, there's a couple things I want to make sure that I'm doing. One, I'm, I want to make sure I'm following the leading of the Spirit. The second thing is I want to make sure I'm following the leading or the vein that leadership might be going in. You know, if I feel like le- if the pastor's been kind of feeling a certain direction and then he asks me to teach, I'll be honest with you, one of the first, and some of you that preach or teach may not agree with this, but one of the first things I do is I say, okay, God, do you need me to stay in that vein? That's the vein you've got our leader in. So I need, do, do you need me to stay in that vein? And that's just what I do. That's, that's kind of how I operate. I, he's my spiritual authority and I try to, I don't want to step outside of any direction that he might have from God's presence. So I was praying about it and, uh, and so last night there were some of us that were in a, a Zoom meeting, some leadership. Uh, we had a Zoom meeting. And uh, one of the things that we were talking about in the Zoom meeting was about grow. Amen. Grow. Everyone say grow. grow. Amen. We're still growing, right? Yeah. Amen. And uh, we were talking about grow and our, our, our uh, I don't like this word, but I think it's the right word, our grow initiative, our growth initiative, our, our desire to grow uh, as a body and... and uh, and those things, and we're talking about some ideas, some of the things, and some of that's going to come out, uh, some of the things that we want to do. But uh, after, after the meeting was over, and I began to think about what I was going to teach this morning, or this, yeah, this morning, you know, I was thinking about it this morning, but teach this evening, uh, I really felt like, uh, I really felt like the Lord was telling me to, to teach a lesson from Grow. Amen. So I'm going to teach a lesson. If I don't know if you, how many of you have gotten all the material or some of the material, but I'm going to teach a lesson out of spiritual growth too. Okay. Uh, so it's lesson nine. I know you don't have your books. That's great because then you won't be worried about what's in the book. You can look at it when you get home. So uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to word for word teach the lesson, but I'm going to cover everything that's in the lesson. Uh, so I'm going to teach Lesson 9 of Spiritual Growth 2. Amen. And uh, again, I don't know how many folks have really looked into the material, gotten all the material, looked at the material, but I am amazed. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm still kind of finishing up Spiritual Growth 1. Our Oikos is using it for uh, our virtual meetings. Someone uh, each week teaches a lesson from, from Spiritual Growth One, each meeting, uh, Oikos, virtual Oikos meeting that we have. So I haven't really dug into the second book yet, but I, I started looking at it uh, last night and this morning. Man, there's some really, there's some really powerful stuff in Spiritual Growth Two. I mean, there's some, there's some stuff... Uh, 
I've been in the church a long time. And there's some stuff, there's some meat in here. Amen. So I just want to encourage you to get into that. So I'm going to teach lesson nine from there. Uh, And so if you have a Bible or if you could put it on the screen for me, Luke chapter 10. And uh, the name of uh, this particular lesson is One Thing is Needful. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38 You folks at home, say amen when you get it. There you go. Thank you. Y'all didn't hear that? Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word, But Martha was cumbered about by much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Can you hear Jesus? Martha, Martha. Thou art careful, troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I don't really, I don't really have time to go necessarily into the backstory of, of this particular verse. Uh, actually, I really think uh, there's a lot of things you can, you can glean if you really look at that whole encounter uh, with that family and God and, and Jesus God in the flesh, and uh, and their relationship, and it can teach us some things. But I don't have time to necessarily go into all of that tonight. Uh, I, I just want to kind of focus on what this lesson is teaching. Amen. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you realize this, but life is full of distractions. Life is full of distractions. I don't know if, I think Pastor, he was, uh, he might have said this on Sunday morning or Sunday night, I don't remember which one, but he was talking about the book of Acts, and in one of them, he mentioned about, uh, you know, the difference between the early church, and he talked about time and, 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 and all of this stuff. You know, one of the big differences, I think, between the early church and the church today, I think one of the big things is... It's not that we're more busy, we're more distracted. We've got so many distractions in our life. It's, 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 and I'm, I don't, I'm not saying that they're bad, okay? I'm just saying we have distractions. Not all distractions are negative things. There's a lot of things that are distractions that are not negative. They're not bad. They're not sin. They're not, they're not rebellion. They're not, they're, but they can be a distraction, and, and those things that are distractions can have a negative effect on other things. How many, how many of us know, I, 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 I hope, I, most of us, I'm trying to say this without causing anyone to have any problems, but we know in the world we live in, there, we know sometimes families, children that, that struggle 
because their parents were distracted with career, distracted with other things, and because of those things, they thought they were doing the right thing at the right moment. But in reality, what they were doing, they were distracting, it was distracting them for something that was really more important. And that was their children now. You know, my children, my children, I mean, my, my oldest, oh, I don't even know how this is reality. My oldest grandchild is 15 years old. That is just crazy. I, I, that, there's no way that can be true. But they tell me that it's how old he is. I'm pretty sure they're lying. My youngest child is 30. Oh, I'm not supposed to say it because it's a girl. Uh, she, she's older than 28. <laughs> I, I, that's, I, I don't know how that happened. But my point, I say that to say there were things as they grew up. I know I was not always a great father. I allowed some distractions in my life. They were things I needed, but they stra- they distracted me from maybe doing, I'm going to quote a friend of mine, the next most important thing. And maybe the next most important thing was for me to spend some time with my kids and not worry about a business decision. The business decision was going to be there right now. I needed to spend some time with my children. My point is this. My point is, is good things can be distractions for better things. So is there anything wrong or is there anything bad about these things I'm going to mention in themselves? A career, an education, material possessions, family, friends, hobbies, the last one in the list, I'm taking these right out of the lesson, Christian service. Are any of those things bad? None of those things are bad. None of those things are, are in and of themselves. They're, none of them are evil. But all of them can be distractions. Distraction from that thing which is that needful thing. They, 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 they are good things. They're things that, that are a part of our life, and they're things that we have to attain to or that we have to attend to. But my point is sometimes we have to understand that we have to allow there, we have to set some priorities and understand that, that there's one thing. Jesus said there's one thing that is needful. These other things that, that you, you might have to deal with them. I mean, I my wife and I enjoy eating. I really enjoy eating. We enjoy living in the house that we live in, and to do that I have to pay the mortgage. They just will not let me live there for free. I tried to talk them into it, and they said, no. So for that to happen, I need to go to work. 
I need to get a paycheck. So, so those things are, are important. But if I'm not careful that those things, if I don't have that priority correct, correctly established, that they can, it can interfere with that needful thing. So, but Jesus said that there was something that was needful. And I want to talk about that. Martha, you are troubled. You are full of care about many things. That's what Jesus said. You are, you are troubled. You're, you're, you're careful. You're full of care over many things. But your sister... Your sister, there's one thing that is needful. You're careful over many things, but one thing is needful. There's many things that you're careful about. There's many things that are, are, are distractions in your life, but there's one thing that is needful. These other things aren't wrong. These other things aren't bad. These other things aren't, aren't unimportant. But they have to fall under the needful. And that's really what the Word of God and Jesus is really, in my opinion, trying to tell us, helping us to understand. These things are, Martha, yeah, someone needs to cook dinner. Martha, someone needs to serve. Someone needs to do that. But, but, but there's also this needful. Someone has to do, there has to be this place for that one needful thing. There's a young man that we refer to uh, in the Word of God as the rich young ruler. I like the rich young ruler. I've preached about him. Man, I've, I've, I've preached so many different things about that guy, and I still don't know his name. I'm hoping when I get to heaven, I'll be able to find out if he even had a name. Amen. But we just call him the rich young ruler. So he, he came to Jesus, and he, he, had, he had a distraction in his life. He, he had some things that, that were distracting him, and he came to Jesus, and he had a question that he needed answer. I need an answer to this question, Jesus. And it even sounds like a good question. He comes to Jesus, and he says, Master, and again, I won't go into all of that whole story, but Master, how... Do I obtain eternal life? I'm trying to get eternal life. I want to know the answer to my question. The answer to my question is, how do I obtain eternal life? That's what, that's what I'm searching after. That's the thing that has got me distracted. That's the thing that has got my attention. And Jesus tells them, you know, different things, follow the commandments, yada, yada, yada. You can go back and read the story in Mark chapter 10. And he said, I've done all of these things, all of these things I've done. I've done all of these things from my youth up. I've done all of this stuff. I've done all of these things. But then Jesus answers him in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Mark 10 and 21, then Jesus beholding him loved him. He saw something, I believe. He saw something in the young man. He loved him, and he said, I, I need to help him. 
I, I need to answer his question. Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. There's, there, there's one thing that's needful. There's, there's one thing you're missing. There's one thing. There's one thing. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus said to this young man, you, you need to change what you're pursuing. You need to change the question you're asking. You need to change that thing that you're striving after. But I'm striving after eternal life. I'm pursuing eternal life. Isn't, isn't that what I should be pursuing? Shouldn't I be How many times have we pursued eternal life? How many times have we as Christians evaluated what we were, what we weren't, what we were doing, what we were after, because we wanted to know, am I going to make it? I can't, I can't go down that path because it's not the straight and the narrow. It's going to lead me to destruction. We were pursuing the, 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 this thing called eternal life. But Jesus basically said, you're pursuing the wrong thing. There's, there's one thing that is needful. There's one thing you need to do. All of those other things, I think it's quite interesting if you go back and you read, the, 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 if you go back and you read the things that Jesus told them that he, that he needed to do about the commandments, I'm 99% sure I didn't look it up today, but I'm pretty sure this is true. He did not mention one thing one of the commandments, he didn't go over all the commandments. He didn't mention one commandment that had to do with money. He didn't mention one commandment that had to do with covetousness or, or you know, those kind of things. I just found that to be interesting. And then later he comes back and says, oh, you need to go sell everything. We, w- we won't go down that rabbit trail. I just find it interesting. But he did say to him, you're missing. You're pursuing the wrong thing. You know, it, 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 you should not be pursuing eternal life. Eternal life should be a byproduct of the needful thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Do I, should I pursue these things? Aren't these things important? Sure, they're important. But don't pursue those things. Pursue the one thing. Pursue the needful thing, and these other things shall be added. You want your, don't pursue eternal life. Pursue the one that can give eternal life. Pursue the one that is the author of eternal life. Pursue that one thing, and then the thing that you really think you should be pursuing will be a byproduct of that needful thing. Psalms chapter 27, verse 4, very familiar passage of Scripture. Actually, one of my favorite passages, uh, David. David says a lot of things uh, in the Psalms. And, uh, you know, the Bible, the Bible, when you look at King David, shepherd boy David, whatever David you want to look at, whatever part of his life you find him at, 
The Bible says that, that David was a man after God's own heart. David made a lot of mistakes. David did a lot of things that weren't necessarily good. David did a lot of things that, that many people would look at and say, well, how could God, you know, uh, use him or, or, or how could God do all this stuff in his life? But, but the answer to the question is some of the things you find that David says, and this is one of those verses. No, David wasn't perfect. David was far from perfect, honestly. But there was something in David. David understood what, what was needful. David understood, I'm not everything that I, that I want to be. I'm not everything that I, I need to be. I don't have all of, all of my ducks in a row. Uh, but I do understand who can order my life, and that is what... I'm going to pursue. So he said in Psalms chapter 27, verse 4, he says, One thing I've desired. Now, does that mean that he didn't have any other distractions in his life? Of course it didn't. He said, But this is that needful thing. One thing have I desired. Now, we know there were a lot of other things in his life. One thing he desired got him in trouble. One thing that he desired ended up making him be, you know, an, an accessory to murder. So we, we know there was some negative stuff. There were some, some negative distractions in his life. We, we know that. So he's not saying there's nothing ever that I desire. But what he's saying here, the thing that I desire more than anything else, the thing that keeps me pressing toward God, there's something that I desire. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek. That will I pursue. That will I chase after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David had many distractions in his life, but he determined he would pursue that needful thing. You can go back and you look and look time and time and time again. When David fell into sin with Bathsheba and Nathan came to him and he told him the story about the man who killed the other man's sheep David was angered, and David was like, bring him to me. I'm going to do, do what needs to be done. And Nathan said, you're already here? <laughs> do what needs to be done, brother. And so he said, you're the one. You did it. And you don't see no arguing. You don't see no, you don't see no, uh, no excuses. You don't see nothing. You see the realization of, my God, you're right. I've allowed distraction to pull me away from that needful thing. And what does he do? He goes and he falls on his face and he says, Lord, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Lord, I've messed up. You, I, I, I've, I've not kept my pursuit in what it should be. I've allowed other things to get in the way of what I should be pursuing. Lord, take not thy spirit from me. Don't cast me away. Lord, bring me back to that place where I need to be. You see, when David messed up, he knew. He knew because we're all, we're all going to have distractions in our life. We're all going to have things that come up or that are going to, to, to maybe for a short time or maybe for, for a season that, that we're going to be distracted to pursue the wrong thing. They don't necessarily, they're not necessarily bad things. They're not necessarily sinful things like David did, but they're, they're keeping us from pursuing the needful thing. Just like Martha, it might even be Christian service. 
But pursuing Christian service without pursuing the Christ? It's the priorities wrong. And God has a way of letting us just kind of, just like he said to Martha. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself there. We'll come back to that. David, many things, many distractions, but he knew I, I need to pursue that needful thing. You know, when you think of David, I think for me, when I think of David, I, I think the next logical step is to think of Solomon. Solomon started out so well. Solomon started out, Solomon has this vision, this dream. I, I, I don't know if it was a, a dream while he was sleeping. It was a vision, but he had some kind of a, an encounter with the Spirit of God. And, and his pursuit at that place was right. And so when he has this encounter with God, God says, I'm going to give you anything you want. And really, it was because of his father. But he says, if you'll continue to follow me like your father did, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you beyond measure. And, and Solomon, right now, at, at the beginning of this thing, at the beginning of our relationship, this king, you know, God relationship, whatever you want to call it, at the beginning of this, I'm going to give you anything you want. That's what God said. I'm going to give you, you can ask me anything, and you can have it. And he said, Lord, his, his response was kingdom-minded. It wasn't personal. It wasn't, it wasn't those other distractions. It was, how do I, how do I lead your people? How do, I, how do I be what you need me to be? He was pursuing the right thing. But look at Solomon years later. What happened? Distractions. Distractions. He allowed the blessings of God to become a distraction. He allowed all of the things that God, God said, because you didn't ask for these things, you asked for this. I'm going to, remember what I said earlier? You asked for this, I'm going to give you this, because you asked for this, but because you asked for this and you didn't ask for all of that, I'm going to give you this, but I'm going to give you all that. If he would have kept pursuing this, he could have still had all of that and still kept a relationship with God. But he allowed that, he allowed all of that to become a distraction to this. And his downfall is great. But not only his downfall, the downfall of every generation afterwards, except for one or two. Because he allowed, he had the opportunity that no one else had ever had. And he blew it for himself and for generations. Because he allowed distractions. The blessings of God became a distraction. And he stopped pursuing that which was needful. And his fall was great. I, I just, it's, I, I marvel at it when I think about it. In the secular world, whether it be sports, whether it be business, whether it might be in the secular world, Success, a successful person knows what he or she wants. You can, you can pull up some really successful people. Uh, and again, I'm not saying they're, they're bad or whatever. There's some really successful people, successful in business. And you can read some of their books and, 
and, and they knew what they wanted, and they, they pursued that thing. They pursued, this is, what, this is what's important. I'm gonna, and they became great. They didn't, they didn't have a thousand and one goals. They didn't have millions of, they, they, they pursued. They pursued. This, this, is what I, this is what I want to be. This is what, and they know what it is, and they pursue it. They know that they're focused. They can't allow, and if you listen to any of those successful people, one of the things that they were going to tell you is you can't allow these other things to become distractions. You have to understand, this is what I need to do. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what has to happen. I can't allow this other stuff. It's just got to get pushed aside. The secular world understands that. It's no different in our walk with God. We've got to pursue that needful thing. Paul, in his letter to the church at Philippi, did not say, these ten things I do. When he was writing his letter to the church at Philippi, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says this, and again, I don't have time to go into the backstory. You can go back and read the whole thing. It's not a new thing. Most of us in the, have heard this before, but uh, Paul makes a declaration here in three chapter ten. I'm sorry, chapter three, verse ten. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, not ten things, not five things, not, not three things, this one thing I do, Forgetting those things, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth unto the things which are before. I press toward the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. I believe Paul in this passage of Scripture makes it very clear what that needful thing is. Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen the needful thing. Peter, I mean, uh, David said, this one thing I do. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, one thing thou lackest. I believe Paul kind of helps us to understand. He kind of brings all of the the, the, the things that I'm trying to say into one picture, and he explains to us what that needful thing is. What that needful thing is that Jesus said to Martha and the rich young ruler. And that needful thing is this. Paul starts out at the beginning of that passage of Scripture that I read, that I may know him. What is needful? Paul said, the thing that is needful, the thing that I must pursue, the thing that is more important at the top of my priority list, that one thing is this, 
that I might know him. That I might know him. Not that I might know of him. Not that I might have a greater understanding. Please understand what I'm about to say. Listen to the whole statement. That Not that I might have a greater understanding of the Godhead. Okay, I believe understanding the Godhead is important. But you can have all of the understanding of the Godhead you want, but if you don't know Him, you can know all the revelation about one God and, and baptism and all of that, but if you don't know Him, Jesus said there's going to come a time when we're going to be in heaven and He's going to say to certain people, Get, you've you got to go, you're going to hell. What do you mean I'm going to hell? He didn't quite say it that way, but that's what He said. I never knew you. But we did all this stuff. We, we preach, we teach, we taught, we, we, we baptize, we cast out. We did all of this stuff. Well, that's great. You, you had the revelation of things, but you didn't have the revelation of me. You didn't know me. And because you didn't know me, I don't know you. Because that intimate, you cannot have an intimate relationship one way. I've been married to that young lady in the back of the church forever. I mean, for 38, 38 years. Is that right, dear? 38, 39, 38. We've been married for as long as I can remember. I'm not complaining. Thank God. <laughs> I'm glad she kept me around. I would have got rid of me a long time ago. But you know what? <clears throat> we have an intimate relationship. And for us to have an intimate relationship, I cannot have an intimate relationship with that woman back there all by myself. We would not be married 38 years if that intimacy was just me doing all of the knowing. Now the reality of it's the other side. Amen. We would not have this, this relationship with her do, doing all of the knowing. They're, they're for us to, to have that relationship, she had to pursue me and I had to pursue her. For us to come to the place where we say we know one another, we, we had to pursue that together. And for if Jesus said to, to those, those disciples, I don't know any other term to use, those disciples, I never knew you, that means they didn't know him. And because they didn't pursue to know him, he couldn't know them. So I think that that needful thing is that relationship with Christ. Where was Mary? She was at the feet of Jesus. I got to know him. I got I to gotta be close to him. Yes, I know dinner needs to be served. Yes, I know potatoes need to be fried. Yes, I know the, the, the pork chops need to be turned. But I need to be close to Jesus. Folks just going to have to go hungry because I need to know Jesus. Sometimes that's got to be your attitude. Y'all just going to have to go hungry. Right now, I need to know Jesus. Our priorities have got to be, I need to know Him. And the only way that I can know Him is I got to be at His feet. Lazarus the brother was at the table. She was at his feet. There's got to be that, that relationship. There's got to be that, 
that closeness. The distractions of life will keep us from, as Paul said, apprehending the needful thing. Paul said, I I have not yet apprehended. I'm pursuing, but I've not yet apprehended. I've been apprehended, but I've not yet apprehended. There's still things I'm pursuing. I'm, I'm still, until he finally comes to the place where he says, I finished my course. I don't know if when I get to heaven, I'm going to be able to talk to Paul. But I hope I can, because I'd like to sit down and I'd like to say, Paul, what exactly did you mean? When you said, I know, I know the word of God is, is inspired of God, and I, and I know that God breathed into Paul to write the word of God. I understand that, okay? But I believe when Paul wrote what he wrote, Paul wrote what he felt in his heart, and it was the word of God. And I believe when Paul said, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith, I've finished my course, I, I'd like to say, Paul, what, what did that mean? What, what, how did you know that you made it to the finish line? What, what, was, what broke the ribbon? You ever see runners race in the Olympics? Or maybe, you know, college athletes, they're running and they're stretching for that ribbon? Do they, do they still use ribbons? I know, I know they got all that electronic stuff nowadays, but, you know, you got to have that ribbon, stretching for that ribbon. Amen. Paul, how did you know you broke the ribbon? I've finished my course. I'm done. I've made it. I've arrived. I'm ready to die. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not even, a, I, you know, if, if I check out tomorrow, I'm cool with that. But I don't know that I could say, like, Paul, I'm ready to go. I think there's some stuff I still need to do. I don't think I've finished. If God says I'm finished, okay, that's on him. Because he said, it doth not yet appear what you shall be, but when you see me, I shall be like you shall be like me. That's what he said. Paraphrase all that, First John. Amen. And so when he gets me to that place where I'm like him, I believe when I get to that place, he's going to check me out. You're done. You might not know you're finished, but I said you're finished. You got to go. Because if I leave you here, you're going to start looking like what you used to look like. And I'm going to tell you right now, Lord, when I get to that place, take, take Jim out. Don't, there will be no, what was that king's name? Hezekiah, was that him? There will be no, give me 15 more. No, Lord. If you said it's time to go, then, brother, it's time to go. Let's just speed it up. Let's just do it quick. We don't need no lingering, God. Let's not draw this thing out. You're a right now, God. Let there be. If he can say let there be, he can say let there not be. When he gets done with me, I want him to say, let there not be Jim. Don't play. Just get me out of here. <laughs> Amen. But, but I, I don't, I'm not like Paul. I, I don't think I can say like Paul. I'm done. I don't think I'm done yet. I looked in the mirror the other day. There's a whole lot of stuff in there that wasn't Jesus. You need to fix some of that. Because that looks like that old guy. You ever look in the mirror and see the old guy? Don't raise your hand. 
I'm not talking about the, this old guy. I look in the mirror now, I'm like, who is that old guy? I'm not talking about that old guy. Okay, I'm talking about that old nature. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I see that old nature. Lord, I'm, I'm not pursuing something right because I see some stuff there that ain't like Jesus. Amen. So Paul said, <coughs> Paul said the distractions of life will keep us from apprehending that needful thing. I'm almost done. Have faith. I'm just teaching the lesson. I didn't write it. Amen. <laughs> yeah, okay. Y'all believe that. Amen. Paul said, forgetting those things, I'm going to forget those things so I can apprehend the needful thing. I'm going to forget those things so I can apprehend the needful thing. Hear me, please. I'm almost done. I'm going to forget those things so I can pursue the needful thing. I can't do both. I can't remember. I can't. I can't. Well, let me tell you what the word forget means. Here's Strong's, this word, one of the definitions of this word. This is so powerful. Neglecting, no longer caring for. The word forget, I'm going to forget these things. I'm going to neglect them. I'm no longer going to have care for them. Because there's something else I've got. There's a needful thing. And the only way for me to pursue the needful thing, I've got to neglect or forget these things. Well, Brother Barr, you just said those other things, you can't just neglect your job. No, I can't neglect my job. Okay, I have, I have to, I went to work today. I had meetings today. I've got a meeting tomorrow. I got to prepare for. I, I went back to the office after I left Baltimore because I have to prepare for a meeting that I have to go to tomorrow. I, I can't neglect my job. Okay, I don't mean that. Neglect as in, uh, when the internet first came out, yes, I was around when the internet first came out. There's some friends of mine, they joke, they say, I was on the internet before there was an internet. Amen. But before the internet, when the internet first came out, they had, they had, you know, before social media and all of that stuff, they had these bulletin boards and these different things and there. I was involved in this one. Don't ask me why. And there was this guy on there. And he, this was his faith. Well, I don't believe I have to work. God said he'll take care of me. Brother, he said, if you don't work, you ought not to eat too. Being so dumb up in here. I, I was young and foolish. I kind of said almost that verbatim. I prayed through after I was done. So my point is when, when Paul says, I forget, neglect. I don't mean neglect as in, I'm not going to neglect my children. I'm not going to neglect my wife. That's, but, but I can't allow my children and my wife to rise in a place of priority that I don't pursue the needful thing. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, all of this other stuff, I, I've got to put it aside. I've got to pursue this. God will allow these things, but I've got to seek first that relationship with God. Paul in verse 15 says we should be thus minded. And if we if we become otherwise minded, this is powerful. I'm going to be honest with you. I've I've read this passage of scripture many times and I've I've 
taught or preached from it before. And I don't know that I've ever really noticed this before. Paul said in verse 15, uh, we should be thus minded, and if we become otherwise minded, God will reveal it to us. You see, when life happens, because I believe, I believe most disciples of Christ have a pure heart. I believe they desire to know God. I believe they desire to live for God. I believe they desire to pursue God. But life happens. Distractions come. They don't, they don't, we don't purposely decide, you know what? I'm not going to pursue him anymore. I'm going to pursue this thing. But COVID-19 happens and lockdown and, and whatever else, craziness happens and our mind gets focused on something else. And before we know it, without even realizing it, we're no longer trying to apprehend what we've been apprehended of. Because we're trying to survive where we are. Not because we wanted to, not because we're bad natured, not because we're evil, but because sometimes distractions come. And we have an adversary who knows how to send distractions. I'm going to leave that alone right there. I'm going to go on to something else because I'm getting ready to meddle. But here's what I, I, I never saw before. How often, if I would listen, if you would listen, how often would we hear the voice of God and he would say, I'm just going to put, I'm going to say me. How often, if I would listen, I would hear him say, James, James, you're careful and troubled about many things. If I would just listen, he, he would say to me, one thing thou lackest. There's, there's something that's, you're lacking something right now. There's something missing. If, if He said, if we be otherwise minded, God will reveal this to us. Because God loves us. God apprehended Paul. God pursued Paul. I just read that this morning. You know, I don't know how many heard pastor challenge us to read the book of Acts. Did, did y'all hear that? Amen. Again, I try to listen to the pastor. I was over, I was, my, my reading right now, I was over in, in Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. I was so glad when pastor said, go to Acts. I quickly looked and see how many chapters of Jeremiah was left. Like, brother, you had a lot of tears. I'm going to have to come back to you. I got to go somewhere else. <laughs> I was at like I was at like chapter twenty nine. There's like fifty something. I'm like, oh no, I've had all the tears I can have right now. Got to go over here somewhere else. <laughs> Thank God, Pastor told me to go read Acts. So I went. I was reading this morning. I was reading. I read the conversion of Paul this morning before I went to work. I was reading. I was reading Acts chapter nine. Uh, one of the chapters I read, and and if you look at that, Paul didn't pursue Christ. Christ pursued Paul. 
Paul was Paul had distractions. Paul had other things going on. That's why Paul says, I'm trying to apprehend what I was apprehended of. He's going down the road, and next thing he knows, he's on his back, looking up at nothing. Just a bright light. Because God, you said, I'm going to get a hold of you because there's something, there's something in you I can use. There's something in you. I, I, there's something that I know, I know and no one else can see it, but, but man, there's something in you that's powerful. If I can harness that, that zeal you have, if I can take that, that passion you have, if I can take that understanding of, of pursuit that you have, man, I can make you into something. So he, he showed up on the road to Damascus and smacked smack Saul upside the head. Yeah, I know y'all, y'all think Jesus is just gentle. Jesus will get a hold to you, knock you down, talk to you like you somebody. He, he pursued Saul, but then that pursuit changed. And, and he said, I'm going to pursue after it. And sometimes we allow distractions to hinder us. Amen. If you stand with me. Are we allowing distractions to hinder our pursuit? Are we, are we, are we making that relationship a priority? The only way that, that I can know Christ is I've got to get at His feet. And there's two primary things that I need to do. How many people, let's be honest, how many times have we gone to pray and we really meant to pray, we want to pray, we desire to pray, and we get in our, 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 our prayer closet, whatever place we want to pray at, and we're praying, and this thing is popping in our mind, and that thing's popping in our mind. Man, I got that meeting. I got to get ready for it. I got to get to work. I didn't finish that report. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for being with me this morning. Oh, I didn't send that guy that email. Lord, you're such a blessed king. I worship you. I know, I know I'm the only one that that's ever happened to. I mean, that, that distractions come. <laughs> but, but sometimes I've got to say enough is enough. I, I, all of that come into my mind. Put it aside. I, I've, Lord, I give you that. So what I do when, when, I'm really, when I realize that's going on, I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I miss it. A lot of times distractions just happen. But when I realize what's happening, if it comes to my mind, I give that to you. Let me get back to praying. I give that. I'm just going to say, okay, maybe, maybe you want me to give that to you. I give that to you. Let me get back to praying. And if I just give it to them, the email will get done when I get to work. It... it what, what I'm doing when I do that is I'm setting my priority of what is important right now. What's important right now is not these things. I've got I've to forget them. That's what Paul's saying. I've got to neglect them at least for a few minutes. Over here, I've got to pursue that needful thing. Right now, what's needful is me and him communicating. So there's two primary ways that I communicate with God. In my, pr- my time of prayer... And communication is a two-way, true communication. They taught me in, when I went to Navy leadership school. That was a long time ago. They taught me this. I, I didn't learn a lot of stuff, but I learned this. They taught me communication. You, you, you send 
a message. They receive a message. They send a message. You receive a message. You send a message. If all of those things don't happen, you ain't communicating. Okay? That's, I learned that. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Sounds pretty logical, but how many of us don't know that? Communicating is not me talking and you listening. God. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of times I go to prayer and it ain't, it ain't communication. It's just me pouring out to him. Lord, I'm really too busy to stop and listen for the next 20 minutes. I need you to listen to me, but I ain't got time to listen to you. I know that's none of y'all. That's just Brother Barr. He's, he's confessing. Confession is good for the soul. That's what the Bible tells me. But, but that's, that's one way that I, that I get to know him. The other way that I can communicate with him, or more importantly, that he can communicate with me, is through the Word. Through the Word. And I'm going to make a statement that you might not agree with. And if you don't agree with me, you can pray, with me, pray, pray for me. God can give me revelation. <clears throat> you can, God can speak to you from the Word without you being in the Word. You say, well, Brother Bar, how's that possible? Well, I was in this book today. And I was reading some lessons that someone else, God spoke to someone else, and they wrote it on a piece of paper. And in there, there's different verses, and there's some, some understanding. And God, when I was preparing for this and many of the other Living Logos books that I've gone through, God spoke to me through those books. That's his word. That's how he can communicate with me. And so for me to pursue him, there's got to be that pursuit. There's got to be that relationship. There's got to be that time of fellowship. And I've got to make it a priority. Amen? Amen. One thing is needful. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for your presence today. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word and how, Lord, you can speak to us and direct us. Lord, as you spoke to those in the scripture that we talked about today, Mary, Martha, talked about Paul and David, Lord, all of those, that rich young ruler, you spoke. You, you helped them to understand that there's something that is needful. And Lord, I would ask that as we go away from this gathering tonight, that, Lord, your word goes with us, and that, Lord, over the next few days, Lord, you will begin to bring all of this back to each one of us individually, and that you will say to each one of us, there's one thing, there's one thing that's needful. There's one thing that's important. There's one thing that you need to pursue. Lord, help us to remember. Lord, and like Paul said, if, if we're not thus minded, if we're not, if we're not trying to apprehend that which we're apprehended of, like Paul said, if we're not seeking to know you, then Lord, in your kind, loving way, let us know. Let us understand. It's not a rebuke. It's not. It's your love saying you're not pursuing the right thing. Lord, the, the word was very clear when you said to the rich young ruler, one thing thou lackest. Before you said any of that, the word says you spoke to him because you loved him. Lord, let that love say to us when we need to hear it, there's something lacking. You need to pursue this one thing. 
Lord, let this revelation be strong and real in our lives. Let this seed find a lodging place in our hearts. Go with your people. Keep them safe. Keep them comforted. And we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The church said amen. 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 The ushers are going to dismiss us row by row. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Amen. Hope to see all of you at one of the services Sunday morning or Sunday evening. God bless. In Jesus' name.